Hello and welcome to your favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to remind everybody that we do have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. At the King Kayfaber level, you are watching us record this and contributing to the conversation. You're also getting access to all of our videos early, which gives you a leg up on the Kayfabe effect. You'll be the first one in line if you're trying to track down the books that we're talking about this episode or any episode. I also want to remind everybody that it is car- Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July time. The last Saturday in July, we ask our audience to pull out some of their doubles, pull out some of their comps, pull out some of their favorite comics, and Put them in the little local lending libraries in your neighborhood. Let's try to grow some new readers. This is the second year in a row that we are doing the Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July. Had a great result last year. So take pictures of those little lending libraries with comics shining through that front window. Share them on social media and let's try to grow some new readers. All right, Ed. We are going to look today at Amazing Spider-Man number 298 from March 1988. Why is this issue important? Todd McFarlane's first Spider-Man. This brings me back in such a major way. Uh, I was... I don't know why I knew that I had the first appearance of Chance comic. I think maybe he had a card in... in, uh... the first Marvel Universe or something like that. But, but like, this is the first appearance of Chance. Uh, I remember having the first appearance of, um... Puma during the Ron Friends run of Spider-Man. Silver Sable, another uh, McFarlane, and uh, Rage, the the Avengers. Like, and so it felt like I, at that time, the speculator boom was going on and shit. So it's like I better keep these comics good. <laughs> I, I had I had the Venom comic also, but like I liked that one so much that I fucking destroyed the hell out of that thing. But I was picking these up like off the racks, as uh, as they were coming out, man. And I knew McFarlane from Hulk. But like this, you know, I'm in kindergarten. Like I am able to read at, at this point, and I knew his name well, man. It's pretty neat to see like that McFarlane webbing right here, front and center. Totally, you know, right out of the gate. Because some of this stuff you'll see McFarlane isms as we go through here, and the cover really shows some of those, probably because he's inking himself. Exactly. Uh, but you know, some of the little stylistic pieces, big eyes already there on our first uh, McFarlane cover here. You see your noodles everywhere uh this would come from michael golden who's his a important ingredient in the uh the image founding fathers one of the things that blew my mind whenever i was going through it this week this is march 1988 yeah two years later we get spider-man number one like mcfarland becomes this was not a great selling book this issue uh, within two years, it sells three million copies whenever McFarlane's writing and drawing the, the launch of the new Spider-Man comic. Like, two years. I think so two much... Two years. Yeah, I think so much of, of that success, like, early on, like... One of his big tenets was, I don't... Let's get him out of this stupid black costume. It's quite possible that if he wasn't there, kind of banging that drum, that maybe that's just Spider-Man's costume, you know? Like, that's what that's what it becomes... But he's like, get, like, this is stupid. Like, let me draw the fucking real Spider, like, the Spider-Man that I know. And they, they went that direction, you know? They went that direction really quick. We get, like, a cameo kind of thing, man. Bob McCloud on inks. And uh, takes a lot of, uh, really polishes up yes. McFarlane in a giant way. Takes off a lot of the rough edges. But also, in effect, makes it basic. Uh, this this perspective stuff, right? That's like that's like 
you know, Gen 1, 6th grade perspective uh, class kind of shit. But one of the things that struck me with this issue, Jimmy, you can keep going, is really how much is required to draw as a penciler in, you know, old, old school comics. Uh, there is a lot of story going on here. Uh, he McFarlane still isn't in that place where he's so comfortable in doing his like three panel pages and things. So he's squeezing a lot in for sure. Tough to read this book. Yeah, Look not at the fun. word count on a page like this. Yeah, and it reads for shit. But like, you could see these images like this and just assume that Bob McCloud is softening up those faces. Like, sexy chicks is not really something that comes to mind when you think of Todd McFarlane. I was thinking how well um, drafted this this building is. Like, like the the uh, windows are reasonably evenly spaced and stuff. That that feels very considered. Yeah, it's pretty good. And it's a very mild three-point perspective. Is you it? Can, you can see this building, it's not parallel to this vertical. So you've got your per one point coming out this way. You can see like the angles here coming out, you know, somewhere over here, your vanishing point for two points. And then if you watch, it tapers. So it's a very mild, like the your third per point is way down off your drawing table. Are you sure it's not just a little Dutch, a little tilt? Cause like- I'm 100% positive. We could line it up and it would work because you can see like how these lines run, you know, like they're, they're tapering. Okay. It's small, but you can see it like on the windows, That's you know, like it really reinforces it. It's just wild because I mean, that vanishing point is like behind it's, it's the another, artist. It's outside this wall behind us. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Like, like, how do you do that? Yeah. It's a good question. I don't know. And you know, could it be faked? It could, you know, it could, you figure out your middle and then you just kind of roll a little bit either side. It's so well constructed. That, it, it doesn't look off at all. McLeod has to kind yeah. of manage. <laughs> and maybe you turn your page this way just to do those parallel lines, you know, to get uh, it yeah. on your, on your drawing table. Yeah. Um, but I like that because like, I would always learn three point perspective as pretty severe. Right. You know, like those points were somewhere that you could find them on your drawing table, which means it was very much like a, you know, it was ending a, a couple inches below the page or the panel. Yeah. Uh, in this case, just subtle. Works out all right. But I mean, like, what a dull page. And we're going to look at another book this week of uh, Rob Liefeld, 1988, so very early on. And I always think, like, what you see are, like, middle shot, middle shot, middle shot. You know, a lot of the same. Yeah. Uh, mark you know of the, a early, early work. You know what the difference is, too, though, is uh, presumably this is Marvel Method, and the DC stuff is, pro is from script. So McFarlane has to, I want to know what the script looks like, because it looks like he wouldn't choose to do any of this, mm -hmm. that this would all be Michelini notes in, in, in the setup and shit. Uh, once again, that, that face, that's like a Bob Dobb, Church of the Subgenius clip art kind of, like that's got, that's McLeod. I just picked up a copy of Church of the Subgenius this week. Nice, man. Are you, are you ordained yet? <laughs> not, not yet. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Three levels of access to our videos early, and at the King Kayfaber level, you actually get access to all of our videos early and the recording session. So you'll be the first in line to beat the Kayfabe effect. When you see a book that you want to add to your collection, you'll get it before uh, the Kayfabe effect sends it through the roof or makes it hard to find. 
These videos are also brought to you by the books that we make. You see our bibliography in front of you. We've got some new books on their way or recent additions to our publications. So Street Angel, Princess of Poverty will be out later this year from Image Comics. This collects all my Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive, which is also available from Image. You can see Hulk Grand Design and the Plain Janes as well. And my latest comic, True Crime Funny, is available directly from my website or on my Patreon. Ed's got some big books coming out later this year, starting with the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. Notice that beautiful gold foil cover. This is going to collect all of the Hip Hop Family Tree comics, as well as 140 extra pages, and will be out this fall in time for the holiday season. But it has been sent to print, so you're going to want to reserve your copy ASAP to make sure that you get one this holiday season for you or the hip hop fan in your life. X-Men Grand Design is being collected, all three of the X-Men Grand Design volumes in one easy to read copy so pick that one up again pre-order it now it'll be ready for christmas this year and red room crypto killers the third season of red room first two issues have been released already there are two more coming soon and there are two trade paperbacks collecting the first two volumes these are all self-contained so whatever red room you find that's the perfect place to start reading and now back to our video Hey, speaking of weird perspectives, look at how bizarre this stuff is. And it's, I think, because like basically this bottom line is your baseline, yeah. even though you're up in the air. Right. It's very odd. <laughs> Strange. Which you, which you would attribute more, that that's McFarlane. The, like, you know, that other one was like so, so well done that you just don't know. This one, um, in the future, McFarlane's going to master this because yeah. you're going to see Spider-Man in all kinds of wild orientations across the panel. But in this one, it's almost ground level and he's just coming at you straight ahead. Uh -huh. Very odd. It adds speed, though, for some reason. There's a speed component to that. And then you flip right to the next page and we get one of those bizarre point of views. Yeah. So that, to me, becomes a hallmark of McFarlane's Spider-Man. But you only see glimpses of the little Spider-Man-esque elements. How about this for a little bit of an Eisnerian... Uh... <laughs> it's the octopus. Yeah. <laughs> this is so funny. Like, he's so ham-fisted, he's going to think he's going to get his old lady wet with that. <laughs> it's a very believable apartment, though. It Unless is. Unless the card table folded up, the folding chairs next to it. Just moving in. That's funny. Every female face is redone. Like, this feels McFarlane-ish. Like, he'll do those kind of big eyes and stuff. But every face becomes a Bob McCloud female face. You see the little bits of the proto-early McFarlane faces in, in all the guys. Chance, what a pecker would. I was going to say, when you were talking about having his first appearance, is there a second appearance of this guy? <laughs> <laughs> he had some extra life. I forget why I knew him so much. Here's our, here's our piece right here, man. We got our... It's a double blast of Otomo. So everything we said about... You know what, dude? I bet you he fucking... I bet you if you look hard enough in Akira... That Daily Bugle, all that shit might come from Otomo, but there's no way Todd McFarlane is going to be doing a polygonal building architecture with offices and things in there. So this comes from Otomo for sure. And this definitely is one of those pieces. Hold that up side by side. Yeah. It comes from volume one of Akira. Yeah, and you, you know, you can see your counterpoints too. Like these, Every these chair. figures are even... You know, same guy, same pose. Uh, I'm fascinated by this. This, this is—I have no problem with people doing this, but it's interesting to find like 
Atomo is who McFarlane's pulling from. And we saw this in Spawn Batman, I believe. There's a, there's a background or two that are clipped right out of Akira and dropped in. Literally clipped. Like, those ones are, like, uh, stat stat images and things, man. Uh, we saw all this shit that Todd has to draw already in his 20s. So, like, you have to sometimes cut corners uh, to just have a life, to, to live and, and make these comics. Like, this is not, you know, artists can cheat now. Like, with Marvel and DC... They're not doing runs. Who does a run anymore? And I'm talking a real run. I'm not talking a six-issue arc or something. That's That might be the max that you get. These dudes are on the hook for a year uh, and, and are expected to make a monthly deadline. So you do some sampling. That's what they call it in hip-hop, man. You, you, you sample some gimmicks. Uh, you see where it falls apart when he tries because there's no perspective back here. So he puts a wall and it just it abuses all of the uh, perspective that Otomo put together because the because the wall would be like the line would be here probably or something or like maybe like right there but it pushes it real far out long history you know man like he uses a lot of that kind of thing yeah it's interesting to me to see that stuff can't be a good guy with that mustache no, and, and man, the cigarette, he was kind of ahead of the Marvel policy on there. <laughs> Put that in the bad guy's mouth. Great era of video games, by the way. Look at Chance showing up like like the little vampire boy in Salem's Lot. It seems like McFarlane was an, I hate to say an overnight sensation, but like he gets on Spider-Man and it's just about instant, right? That it's a hit. But yeah, sure. But he, he is putting in fucking mad equity with Roy Thomas. He, he did 400 pages yeah, yeah. of Roy Thomas I'm not, I'm not suggesting he doesn't have years under his belt. What I'm suggesting is when you look at this, Ed, do you go, oh yeah, this this is so much better than Ron Friends or John Romita Jr. or whoever it, isn't selling Spider-Man. It, re it requires, like, like, he's allowed to ink those covers. Here, go back. We just one more time. Uh, it requires... Wait, when he inks himself, he becomes himself. Look at this kind of shit. See, like, I'm sure he, he took a photo or, so, or some other comic thing of, of this. Maybe that's even also uh, an Otomo piece. I don't know. But look at what's required to make this comic happen. We got Daily Bugle stuff. We got boardrooms. We got cityscapes. We got wharfs that you now have to draw. Like, comics makes you a power illustrator. The amount of stuff that you have to draw in a, in a comic, certainly if there's set pieces and things like this, it makes you a fucking badass when it comes to, to illustration. But a part of illustration is finding those, like, little, little shortcuts. Like, you at home, who is sitting there talking shit about him stealing something, you could take the exact reference that he took, and you will not be able to do this. Your thing will look crusty because there's an art to to the crib very little uh, spider-man in this gimmick yeah like i said reading this you know we talked about it when we looked at the artist edition of spider-man yeah Michelini's not helping his artist much no not at all like like i mean we we have to get him out of the mixture as soon as possible to uh new universe this is jim shooter's answer to dark knight returns if you uh if you take a look at our uh our courtroom <laughs> this is this is the end of uh the, the end of that too tom defalco at this point's editor-in-chief so this is the new universe limping along two years after launch and i think that's about it for uh for that that look art was that. good, though. Look at that. Yeah, John, yeah. They, John Romita Jr. in, the, in that ad. They used a duo sh shade on that also. Look at this. Jimmy, can you imagine being tasked with doing this in about a, th a three or four week span? Yeah, and you do see these moments. You know, like, like that's pretty good. We're starting to see the that's acrobatic Spider-Man. That's good. Doesn't that 
imagine that's like some kind of cloaca or some sort of vent where that's coming out. It's not hands. <laughs> I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> Sorry, you pointed that out. <laughs> Can't unsee it now. Let's see. So, <laughs> yeah, um, little Deluca. Interesting screen use in the back there. Yeah, and you know the the cool thing that they did was they they chopped it because like it gets so severe that it's almost black if you like really look at that screen so you chop it a little bit to make it feel a little bit more organic it might be a mcleod choice too like we might have had kind of these loose pencil uh -huh. lines something along this effect and perhaps mcleod chooses that very good graphic for you know a black costume spider-man that screen i think works really well i think this happens a you lot see it here too like there are a couple of screens sprinkled throughout right and 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 we're getting to the end and presumably he's inking these pages in order but we're getting like a big fat brush for this water and and at the perspective that it is you know because I, I was looking at how foster prints valiance and stuff and the thickness of it fucks up the perspective because like you see these super thin lines with boxes and these are the biggest thickest brushes it looks like you're right up on that water you're right about that cool deluca effect because it almost extends to this next it panel does, it's totally almost like a bounce you all you have to do is put one more dude yeah yeah so there are these moments where you start to see what mcfarlane can do but he's he's growing because like that was an action beat like late period McFarland he would draw like that would be a big piece and you'd squeeze in all that little nonsense I just you know I marvel at the amount of rigor like all these tough things that this guy has to draw in just a couple of weeks and are we there yet okay no it's just monthly um there we're gonna be approaching a point and maybe this is even an issue there was a month where he drew a hundred pages he did a Hulk in fact, it might be this because he did a Hulk, he did a Spider-Man, and he did Infinity Incorporated, and something was bi-weekly. So, like, does this become bi-weekly at some point? It does. Okay, there's so at least one bi-weekly, uh, like a three-month period. So he might be two. So he might be doing Hulk also with this, because if he's doing a Hulk issue bi-weekly Spider-Mans and that Infinity issue, that suggests that he's still on Hulk. This is a good action page, too. Like, there's some good Spider-Man poses throughout there. The Chance character, though, I really don't have any grasp of, like, what he is or what he does. Yeah, just like a rich boy cat burglar is his deal. You know, this is McFarlane-esque to me. It's uh -huh. not quite there yet. This is. you're starting to see, like, the cartoon version of, you know, like a, like a care catcher almost that, that informs these character designs. When Todd McFarlane ain't swiping from Otomo, like, this is the Todd McFarlane cityscape. Yeah, you'll see that in Spawn. Yeah, so this, yeah. is, this is one that he keeps keeps with him for a while. Is this a reissue? It must, uh, must be, a reissue, be yeah, right? two years two years after. Uh, but you know what? They, it was so remaindered that maybe they were just sitting on them. Uh, as we get to the end of the issue, like there's more de more tone and things. Like I, I feel like we're down to the wire, even when it comes to the inking. This page reads pretty well to me. Sure. And now we've got uh, shades of things to come. Is this is this our first Venom? Pretty much, it's a cameo appearance. If you believe Wizard magazines, man, this is very McFarlane-ish. It really should just be a little, little bump right there. I think pretty good ominous figure. Give no eyes. Something that we would see in McFarlane, the the uh, use of strong blacks there, and then put a shadow on it, and then we're just like really taking a flyer on this page. So we're gonna stat up the background, and with the Rob Liefeld conversation, you can leave that to the um, Ramita Raiders to do. Like 
Bob McCloud don't even have to do that shit. This is a really funny sequence, because here's what he's doing. Very, very soon. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's moving that in and out. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Like, like I mean, there's there's emoji versions of that. Like, like the little crybabies on Twitter, they'll, they'll do the hand clap yeah. and then a word. So it'll be like, hand clap, not everything is for you. Right. <laughs> Very funny. So, kind of a inauspicious beginning i think for mcfarlane on amazing spider-man like i read this this week and was like hmm i don't know i don't know if i would have read this in real time and went this is the guy to follow right or imagine what he's going to do over this next couple of years run on this character the he shows up as mcfarlane kind of more on on the hulk stuff like like now i i i don't know why it just didn't come to mind until until we were going through this stuff man but uh I think maybe more of his energy was on on Hulk because like he would start to show up more. You see more of the ticks and more of the like kind of Jeff Purvis energy kind of over over there, but yeah, like you know, it's whatever. This is pretty cool. I wonder which issue he starts inking himself on Spider Man. Yeah, because I think that comes and goes a little bit too as he gets into bi-weeklies and right. You know, it's it's it's, it's a crazy schedule. I was trying to figure out. I think he does about twenty four issues of Spider Man over the next two years. That's the magic number. Because I think it's like three twenty eight is that Hulk. It's the Hulk crossover, but he's he's done by then. Like that's kind of a fill in issue that he comes back for. But again, that's thirty issues from now. So there's a couple of fill ins here and there throughout, and then he kind of leaves the book does one last issue with that Hulk crossover and now it's Spider-Man time. That that is the magic number when it comes to the big runs. This is a conversation that Fifi and I have had had a, a bunch of times where you point out the the big great runs and it doesn't matter. Like I don't care about your inertia of doing a 100 issue arc or something like that. There's like two year windows. You know that there's two year window of Frank Miller like Daredevil. It's all and of, of like him writing, draw, drawing, doing that stuff, man. Uh, there's the two year window here. There's two years basically of like Rob Liefeld uh, with New Mutants into into uh, X-Force, um, Jim Lee with X-Men. It's like 24 issues is the magic number when it comes to this, this era. Is that, a, yeah, I was gonna say, is that a modern thing? Because I think of like Byrne doing Fantastic Four. There, there aren't that many big runs. No, they, they, like that's what I'm saying, man. That's and that's what the keyboard clackers are going to be saying. Oh, but there was a run of 50 issues. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the best of that. You shoot your wad after 24, and then it becomes average. It becomes a, a mechanism. It becomes just keep keep this train rolling. Uh, the, the the probably one of the people that would sort of go against it it would be it would be coral barks who kind of kept the ducks kind of fresh and interesting but but who wasn't bound by this kind of superhero nonsense he could do so much other stuff and explore other ideas just using those characters as MacGuffins. but in superhero comics either of that 100 issues of fantastic four there's a 24 issue run in the middle that's the that's the good stuff it's not the first bit and it's not the last bit and that, that Fantastic Four is the Kirby run you're referring exactly. to. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would be curious to see how they do the postal numbers for like right. the, the McFarlane years yeah. across this. And even into like Spider-Man. Because you get about three years worth of McFarlane Spider-Man spread out over those two titles. And 
I swear this was a, not a great selling book when he takes over. Yeah. So I'd be curious to see the actual numbers on there. But this is where it starts, you know. I mean, like, in some ways, this is the beginning of image because this is going to be the thing that launches him to a position of like, yeah, I got to do this myself. Totally. I got to be in control of this stuff. Yeah. And you, I mean, we just know, like, it's not like he grows into a man with that kind of confidence and ego and stuff. I'm sure he's had it his whole life. He's also plays sports. Cause like there's, there's a, there's a, a ego that comes with that kind of, you know, confidence level and all that stuff, man. So like he's in the game for two years at this point and his art is not, sexy like he's down with art adam he likes art adam shit that is n maybe the result of, that's what his pencils look like but that ain't the end result when, once these like seasoned job guy inkers who probably are tasked with toning it down you know maybe tom defalco was saying to bob mcleod you need to make this look more like the ron friendship that, that just came so that kids don't get confused or whatever kind of ill-conceived logics you know existed at that time I wonder if uh, Ramita Sr. talked to McFarlane at all. Because, I mean, Spider-Man's kind of the Ramita character, right? And he's art director there. be curious if we talk to McFarlane again, if he's got any uh, stories along those lines. There's, there's that one issue with the Taskmaster where the I think the final splash is Taskmaster with, like, tombstones. And all the tombstones, it's like Friends, Ramita, hmm. Ditko... It's all those names, man. Andrew. And that's fucking McFarlane saying, you're all dead. dead. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Robert De Niro, Al Capone, and fucking Untouchables. I want him dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. Like that type of shit, man. Good to go? Yes. Jay Faber's like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July is coming. It's the last Saturday in July. Jimmy, myself, and a... Over a thousand other cartoonist kayfabers participated in the event last year. What we're doing is taking our uh, doubles, taking extra comics, spending a couple dollars in the dollar bins, getting a bunch of good stuff. We're taking it around the neighborhood and putting these comics into the free little lending libraries that adorn our streets uh, in an effort to increase comic awareness. People are going to stop by those, uh, those little free little lending libraries. You're going to see a cool comic face out. And are going to be intrigued enough to pick it up. Percentage of those people are going to become comic book readers, man. We became comic readers kind of by accident. We got to create a situation where people happen upon comics. It's the way we choose. Uh, we are also supported by the patrons at our Patreon. Go to our, our Patreon. Become a King K Faber. Would that get you? All our videos well ahead of time. Uh, so that, that mitigates the K Faber effect. And the King K Fabers are hanging out with, with us in the chat room right now while we're uh, recording these videos live. The videos are brought to you by the books that we make. Jimmy, tell the people what you have. My latest book, True Crime Funnies, is available for digital download on my website or on my Patreon, patreon.com slash jimrug, where I post my latest comics and art. My next book will be coming out from Image. That is Street Angel, Princess of Poverty, will be out later this year collecting all of my Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel, Deadly Squirrel Live. Image just released a new edition of Street Angel Deadly Squirrel Live. So get both. They'll look good as a set on your shelf, and you'll have all the Street Angel comics that I have made. You can also pick up The Plain Janes, the first young adult graphic novel, and Hulk Grand Design, which is out in a beautiful fluorescent green cover, oversized. You can't miss it. One of my favorite books I ever made. So pick that one up now while it's still in print. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you in time for the holidays. We just hit the print button. 
to make these books uh, actual thing. This it, what you're looking at is a uh, is a cover proof of that book with the fly ass gold foil. Check that good shit out, man. Uh, we're collecting the four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree that are out there for the 10th anniversary. It's the 50th anniversary of hip hop uh, itself. We're including 140 pages of additional art and material, bunch of art that I created explicitly for this book to make it just a complete, the ultimate statement of hip-hop family tree in time for the holidays. Secure your copy early so that you uh, are guaranteed to get yours because if you uh, snooze, you lose, you might have to wait for that second printing and who knows how long that's going to take for that to come. But uh, that's not the only holiday effort that's coming out. X-Men Grand Design Trilogy is going to be hitting the stands in November. This is going to present all of my X-Men Grand Design work, uh, probably a 260, 270 page tray paperback uh, that collects some of the out of print volumes of X-Men Grand Design. Uh, so it's the Grand Design that started them all, scoop it up and uh, get, get a full sample of uh, my X-Men work. Red Room Crypto Killers is the comic I'm putting together right now, out on the stands now. Issue two came out recently. Uh, the last, uh, the third issue is gonna come out uh, the couple of days before Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July. You're gonna wanna get your hands on issue three because that is going to be the introduction of uh, the characters that will be a part of my daily strip that I'm gonna first serialize on my Patreon and then serialize out in the wider world uh, probably January 1st, 2024. Support our books, support the Patreon, keep Cartoonist Kayfabe rocking, but there are other ways to support the channel. Jimmy, let the people know. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, mugs, fanny packs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video, and it features one of our latest designs, the Wrestling Mask Cartoonist Kayfabe design. It's been selling well, so we thank you for that. And the rest of you, you can find all of your Cartoonist Kayfabe needs at that link. Oh, great ways to support the channel. Give them those marching orders, Jimmy, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.